Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast. Can you believe it? It's the last one of 2023. A 2023 that has been uh, what I can only describe as a wee bit crazy for Glenthorne. But what a way to finish it with our guest on this week's podcast. Before we get on to that, it is of course time for me to give a wee bit of a plug to the podcast sponsors, the Castlereagh Glenthorne Supporters Club. Um, Neither to say that recently I attended my first sort of function there, which involved food. We set up um, something a bit different than I'm used to at the club, and it was absolutely super. So a shout out to the caterers there, um, Mad Hatter Catering, who came in and put our Christmas dinner on for us. It was absolutely fantastic, and I can't recommend it enough. You can bring them caterers into the club if it's somewhere you want to have for a christening or a wedding party or an engagement party or a birthday party. No problem at all. Get in touch. At the club on Facebook and they will be happy to accommodate. Now on to this week's guest and it is the absolutely fantastic Terry Devlin who is making his mark over in League One with Portsmouth. Just over 12 months ago Terry was of course uh, coming up against the Gens for Dungannon and then all of a sudden we signed him on the last day of the transfer window last summer and he absolutely lit up the oval during his time at Glenshorn so it was no surprise to see him get his move to Portsmouth. We talk about his time at the Oval um, and what he described, and it's really hard for me to argue, as a mental year, uh, and that is definitely a fair way to describe it. Um, We talk about the influence of, for example, uh, Rodney McAree on his career. Rodney McAree remains a good friend of Terry's to this day, and uh, the impact that he's having over in Portsmouth at the minute. Obviously, he's still very young and he's adapting to a new league, um, very high standard compared to the Irish League in particular. He's recently got his international cap. He's now uh, starting to start games for Portsmouth. He's had a few starts. He's had his first goal, and we talk about that absolute mental game against Reading um, that he was he was playing in. Uh, just a you know very it would almost be like a very Glenthorne sort of game. The, the Reading fans are protesting, and uh, Terry then pops up with his late winner. Spoiler alert. Um, absolutely fantastic to talk to him. He was recommended as a guest on the podcast, although I did want to have him on anyway, by uh, Bobby Burns. And, well, he was just brilliant to talk to. A very down-to-earth guy. He's thankful for absolutely everything that has came his way. Um, big shout-out to all the Portsmouth fans who will, of course, be listening to this. Lots of interaction on social media. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll let you get on to it. Here it is, this week's episode with Terry Devlin. Welcome to the podcast for this week. It is former Glenthorne midfielder and current Pompey star over in League One. Absolutely flan. It is Terry Devlin. Terry, welcome to the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you on. Thank you very much. I'm happy enough to be on. Well, I'm I'm, I'm delighted to talk to you, uh, Terry. It's probably the, the highest level of player I've got to talk to on the podcast, uh, current player, because you're... Uh, you're over at Portsmouth now. Yeah, you're absolutely flying, top of the division. Um, how how have you found it so far? Um, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving it so far. Um, it, it's obviously we're flying and we're top of the league. It's it's been it's been such a good start to the season. Um, it's it's the the um, pre-season was tough and and the first few months were tough to to get used to the to get up to standard and up to speed, but uh. I felt like I've I've adapted quite quickly and, and I've started to do really well. Obviously, I've played nearly twenty times this season already, which is probably ba- better than I thought I would do for the first season, which is great. And I just can't wait to keep going. 
I'm going to go back, um, like I do with Almond, I guess, the very start um, of your career. And for you, you're only just turned 20, so it shouldn't be too hard to remember. But what's your what's your earliest sort of memories um, playing football? Growing up, I know there's a lot, of, a lot of players I speak to from your neck of the woods sort of start off with Gaelic and then move into football or, or balance of the both of them. Yeah, you're just right. Um, I done the same myself. I sort of done both for a quite quite a while. You know, it was it was too hard for me to to give up one, not the other. Um, so I played I played Gaelic till till I was eighteen. I sort of I played till my last year of school, but just just before I'd moved to the Glens that season. That was my. Uh, the season before I moved to the Glens was the last last time I played Gaelic, so I I loved I loved playing both, and, and I think it it, um, it it did toughen me up a bit, and and physically it, it got me up to standard for for the Irish league, which was which was really good. And um, my football my football career started out at Cookstown Youth out at the the development centre in Cookstown. Um, I know I know a few boys have, have played out there, and and it was really good as well. And then, obviously, I I moved out to Dungannon to to push on a wee bit, and it it all went so quickly there. I made my uh, senior debut there at fifteen, and, and Irish League debut at sixteen, and then just it it kept going really well for me, and and got a move to the Glens, and then. Again, done really well in my first season with the Glens, uh, and got to move over here. So it's all it's all been a very good good start, and and hopefully it can continue. It's a fairly rapid rise to the top. Uh, you're you're sort of off a long, a long line of youth prospects that came from Dungannon. Um, they played at all different levels, be it over in England. People got their move over to England. Someone hasn't worked out for, and they've came home. But there's some really really talented players, especially Irish league level, that have came from Dungannon. But what is it about Dungannon that sort of Gives gives those young players the the break to go on and be as good as what they are. I think the thing about Dungannon is that it it's it's quite a it's quite a family club. It like it it doesn't they don't have very much money, so they don't they can't attract the top players in the league, and and they can't sign big big players for big money. So they have they have to invest in their youth, and and they have to show trust in their youth, and. Um, that that's what they've done over the years, and and they're still continuing to do it now. Uh, even if you look at their team at the minute, their their team's really young, and and they're doing they are doing really well for for how young young the team is. So it's just it's just all about trusting trusting the youth and 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 uh, bringing them on and 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 letting them, them grow. You you made your Dungannon debut at only fifteen, um, and it was it was Chris Lindsay that handed you your debut. Uh, I've sort of all Dungannon managers are never too afraid to to throw kids on as it, as it is. Um, what do you remember from your debut? Um, it was against it was against Derby in the cup at Stangmore Park when it was grass, and uh, I just remember I remember getting told it was coming on, and and as soon as it come on, I just uh, I was I was really nervous and and um. I'd come on, and and as soon as I come on, the ball came to me straight away from a goal kick, and and I took a really good touch and laid it off. So just as soon as I got that that good touch in and that first pass, it just it just settled settled me down, uh, and I knew I could uh, I knew I could, it was good enough to be there. There's these new rules now, 
Um, in the Irish League, that you can't make your first team debut unless you turn 16 at the end of that season. So it probably would have ruled you out that season because I think you you probably didn't turn 16 until the following November. Would that be right? Um, yeah, yeah. So what what do you think of them rules? I mean, I'm sure you probably don't agree that you think if you're you're good enough, you're old enough. Well, yeah, I think I think if you're uh, if you're good enough, you are old enough. But it, it there is a there is quite a, a um you know coming up against men. You, you need to be you need to be physically physically ready, and 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 some fifteen year olds are, and some sixteen year olds are, and some sixteen year olds aren't. It's just just about being physically ready, and and um, you know some some uh, older older men in the Irish league mightn't mightn't like a, a really good sixteen year old, maybe giving them the run around, so um, they might leave one on them or, or and stuff like that. But um, I think maybe the the sixteen rule is is probably just just about right. The the year that you made your debut, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the year that the season was curtailed. Because uh, of COVID, was that was that a frustration for you that you were sort of starting to play first team football and then all of a sudden it just comes a total stop? Um, yeah, it actually was. I actually do remember we were uh, we were um, supposed to we were supposed to play Coleraine at at the the weekend. Uh, it was on the Saturday, and I think we trained on the 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 Tuesday night. We were supposed to play. Uh, Coleraine the Saturday and uh, it was Chris at the time. He after training, he he just he just turned around to me and he goes, um, make make sure you're ready because uh, you might be called upon at the weekend. And then during the week, it was put in that, that it was called off and and that the league could be postponed. And I was just um I was just uh sort of gutted because you know I that was pretty much my chance and. And I was gonna probably make my Irish League debut then, and but um, it just uh, oh, the things that happened, it just I had to wait a wee bit longer. Chris Lindsay, um, he's a really, really highly rated coach, and for one reason or another, just didn't quite work out at Dungannon. Um, and he obviously lost his job there. He's now coaching, um, he's coaching in one of the the is it the the JD Academy sort of setup, or it's not called that now, is it? It is called that now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's working. At, he's at the JD Academy. Um, what was he like as a as a manager to, to play under? Um, yeah, he, he was a really good manager to play under. Um, obviously, I really really enjoyed him and and got along well with him because he was the one that that put the trust in me and 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 backed me whenever I was so young and and played me even though, um, even though I was so young. So I I I really enjoyed my my time playing under Chris and. I learned a lot of things from him. Was it then? A bit, is it a bit of a concern as a young player um, when then a new manager comes in? Obviously, Dean Shield was coming in. Uh, the manager who gave you your debut and had so much trust in you was gone. Is that a bit of, con- of a concern for you? You have to prove yourself all over again. Um. Yeah. It. It was. To be fair, I. Uh, whenever. Whenever Chris got um, uh, left Dungannon, and uh, I think Dick Dixie took charge for. Uh, for a couple of games, and um, I, uh, I I got injured in in the games that that he came that he came in. So I was actually injured for the before, like when Dean had just uh, arrived as manager. So I was a bit worried then that that I might fall behind a bit and and that I'd lose my place maybe and and things would uh, 
wouldn't be the same on a return. But um, I uh, I got back, I got back from the injury uh, and just kicked on. And, and the same with Dean, he he put the trust in me, and and uh, again, I, I learned a lot of things from him. Is that the injury skin that revealed? Um, on a podcast that you were possibly going to be getting a move across the water, um, and then you got injured, and and the and the deal fell through. Is that was that true? Um, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd done. I got injured and then got back and then done it. Done it again, but the other the other foot. So it was just, it was a frustrating year and and just uh, you know, sort of double setback. And it was the week before. The week before I was supposed to go away with Northern Ireland under 19s to the Euros from what would be my first call up for them and and um so it was just yeah it was frustrating and, and it was a, a tough year for me like uh, personally and then with injuries and that but uh, sort of I think that made me stronger and uh tougher and and I got back from that and thankfully it's um it helped me Dean Shields, we'll touch on him there. Um, certainly a passionate manager. Uh, you'd regularly see him going absolutely mad on the touchline. Uh, and he, he seemed to have a very one-track mind in how he wanted to play football. Um, you know, he, he wanted to play what he considers to be the right way, playing out from the back. And it was it was good to watch, but it was possibly his downfall at times. But did, do you think that benefited you, the, the way Dean wanted to play? Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think Dean... Dean absolutely, absolutely loved Dungannon and and he he loved all the all the young lads um that he that he was coaching and and uh, he wasn't afraid to play the young lads like I said and um he he really did he brought brought a load of us on there were, like there was that year there was loads of us playing there were there were um eighteen nineteen twenty and and he, he stuck to that. Uh, that philosophy and that style of play that he wanted to play and and he. He tried to he tried to make it work with all us lads, and he he uh, he coached us uh, and he coached us on it every every Tuesday and Thursday, and um, yeah, definitely he he taught me a lot of things like technically and, and on the ball. You you obviously made a good impression, um, because you mentioned there that you were in the North Ireland under nineteen setup, but you actually got a uh, call up to the under twenty ones, uh, and you came on. I think your debut was against France, and you were playing against Camavinga. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And what was that like? That must have been an incredible experience. You you were still very young playing under twenty one football against a player who would win the European Cup. Yeah, that was a uh, that was definitely an experience. Um, I had uh, I was still eighteen at the time, and, and obviously being at Dungana, so I was part time. So so just um, getting that call up to the under twenty one setup was just um, was was incredible for me and and personally and. Um, just going up and playing alongside some of the players that were in the squad at that time and just learning off them and, and just trying to take what I could back in into Dungannon and, and try and continue to develop. Um yeah, that that game against against France was um eye opening, like um they just they were so they were so ruthless and, and they were so technically good and physically good that um, it was just an amazing experience. Was Ian Barclough the Northern Ireland another time manager then? Yeah, uh, no, it was um, John Schofield. Right, okay, uh, but it was. Did you get called up to, or did they bring you along to a first team training camp around about the same time? Yeah, they did a couple. Uh, it was in the off season, I think, of that season. Um, it was just a like a. It was a young first team training camp, so there was like some 
some senior players, some under 21s and some under 18s or 19s. Well, it must have been amazing no, to consider that someone at that level thought highly enough of you that you were going to be sort of in and around that setup because of, they always obviously pick players who they believe are going to have this long-term international career. Um, yeah, it was obviously it was good for me to uh, see that they have that belief in me and uh, see that they, they think that I could push on and I was uh, I was I was still at Dungan at the time and when I was there I was part time and they were they were just saying to me that just to keep keep going and keep keep working hard that my opportunity will come eventually and uh, it, it eventually did that literally a couple of months later whenever the Glens came look at me. Well, in, in 2022-23, you started the season for uh, Dungannon. And then very late in the window, uh, the last day, I think it was, of the transfer window, uh, the, the Glen signed you. But how did that come about? Uh, was it sort of floating about in the background or was it very last minute? No, it was uh, it was really last minute, to be fair. Um, we had actually, uh, we had just played the Glens on the Tuesday night, I think. Yeah, with the penalty in the last minute. Yeah, the penalty in the last minute. We played the Glens on the Tuesday night and, and I was playing and I played the full game. and then. We actually had, we had Coleraine, um, or no, it was the week after the transfer window ended, I think, and then we had the, we had Coleraine on the Friday, and then it was the day before the window ended, and I had just, I had woken up to, I had woken up to, like, loads of missed calls from, from my agent, and, and loads of missed calls from Dean, the Dungan manager at the time. And I just woke up and I was like, what, what's wrong or what's going on here? And I rang them both back and, and they both didn't answer. So I was I was sitting on the phone and I, had, I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know what to think. And, and eventually my agent rang me and, and he just says that, um, he just says that the Glens have, have put in an offer for me, like a, a serious offer and that the Glens are considering it. And I, I, at the time, I, I, just, I didn't really know what to think. I was... I don't know what to do, so I just sort of, I just sort of said like okay or whatever, and like what like what happens now? And yeah, my agent was just saying, I just like oh, just you sit sit tight and uh, I'll, I'll keep in touch with you. So I just I went down and and let my dad and, and my mum know and and um, just don't know what I, my head was all over the shop at that place and. Just didn't know what to think. What was gonna was it gonna be at Dungannon or was a was it gonna be at Glentorn? And um, I was I was having to wait about until the two clubs could agree something, and and eventually they they did come to an agreement. Was there any hesitation about going to Glentorn um from Dungannon, or or was it just something an opportunity you had to take? Um, yeah. To be fair, it was it was a really it was a really tough decision for me. Um, you know I. I didn't want. I didn't want to leave. I didn't really want to leave Dungannon. Um, just I didn't like going to another Irish league club. I I just didn't want to. I didn't want to. I'm thinking that um that I didn't I didn't like the place or I didn't I wanted to. I didn't think they were good enough and stuff like that. There, I just, I didn't really know what to think or I didn't want any of the coaches thinking that. Um, just like. Not not liking me anymore and stuff like that there, but um, 
I'd, I'd talk, I'd spoke to a few of the coaches, I'd rang them and and just seen what they think. And they, they all said the exact same thing. They go, look, listen, we don't, we don't, we don't want you to leave, but it's full-time football and it's, it's too hard to turn down. And that, that's exactly what my thinking was as well. It was, that, that was my opportunity and, and it was one that I, I couldn't miss out on. And I, uh, just, I made the decision and that was it. I was down the next day. How did you find the the move from part time football to the full time football, um, at sort of Irish league level? Um, yeah, the, I just as I say, the first the first couple of the first couple of weeks was tough. Obviously, going from training two nights a week to training every day was uh, was tough, and uh, took a while for my body to get used to it, but. Uh, I think uh, I think I adopted quite well and and hit the hit the ground running quite quickly. Yeah, there was when you first joined the Glens, um, and you were just settling in. You were sort of making appearances, um, off the bench and then starting a few in between. Obviously, just getting up that sort of speed, that level. But, um, was it tough then when you started? In you were starting every week. You nailed down your team. The Glens sort of went through uh, a bit of an injury crisis, where effectively we lost like the spine of the team there was several players out injured and the Glens went and they went a terrible run and this coincided with you obviously kneeling down your first team place you were you were one of the first names on the team sheet was that tough that you were getting the run on the team but the, the team weren't getting results um yeah so my see my the season at the Glens that year but um it was I think the only word I can use to describe it would be would be mental um <laughs> just everything that happened and and the obviously we at the start we went 14 games unbeaten I think it was and we were at the top of the league and um like I couldn't I couldn't get near the team and I, I couldn't get in at all at, at her boy in front of me and and Bobby in front of me and uh, they they were playing out of their skin and um obviously then like you say just got hit with a few injuries and that was my chance. I got I got thrown into the deep end, really. You know, I was 18, 18 coming 19. So for me to get put into that, it's either sink or swim. Like, you just got to have to adapt it. And I think sort of that, that was the making of it. Um, I was able to adapt to that and, and sort of cement my place in the team, like you said, and just... Um, playing every week for for Glen Torn for for massive club in, in the Irish league was just massive for me and and for my career. At the start then of twenty twenty three, an accumulation of of those bad results, seeing Mick McDermott leave the club, and he's obviously the manager who who brought you to the club. Um, but Rodney McIlroy took over, uh, and he's someone that you you probably known for. You probably seen him in about Dungannon. I don't know if you were at Dungannon, um, even at youth when when he was there, but. It's a, a familiar face, but how did you feel when that sort of transition happened? Um, yeah, look, I was, uh, I did, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my my time under Mick as well, and and I got on really well with him, and um, he he was really, he was 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 a good coach, and um, he sort of he was the one that that again trusted me and and gave me that opportunity. Um, to play for for such a massive club and um just whenever that happened it was all a bit it was all a bit strange you know like I'd I'd been I'd been there before with um 
with Dungannon, obviously managerial changes and and but it just it just wasn't quite the same as as what it was with Glen Torn, obviously because the massive fan base and uh, the the expectations that that the squad have to um you know sort of succeed and and win games and and you know challenge for uh, silverware. So yeah, coming off the back of that. Uh, like terrible run we went on. There's just so many injuries and, and, and just didn't know what was happening. Like it wasn't as if it wasn't as if we weren't trying. It was um it was just we didn't know what was going on. It just it just felt like nothing was going our way or, or we weren't getting the rub of the green and um obviously and then and then Rod came in. Like you say, a familiar face. I, I knew him from the game, I think. I think he was a, a big part in, in bringing me to the Glens as well. Um, so whenever he came in, I was, um, I was, I was quite happy to be fair because he, me and him got on really well, and 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 he, he liked me as a player. So I knew, I knew my game would would really improve under under Rodney, and and it did. He, uh, he gave me that license to go forward. Um. He liked me getting close to close to the striker, and um, I think from I think from January onwards, I scored five goals. So um, yeah, it was it was that that season was just full of loads of experiences and loads of learning curves. Because the, the thing is, your your performances were really consistent, even in that bad run. You know, you were barely putting a foot wrong, but then it seemed when, when Rodney Macarie came in the second half of the season, you just went to a completely different level. Um, you just really came into yourself, and you know, there was lots of whispers going about about you were attracting attention from overseas, whatever. But it was just the Glens went on a big, a, a really good run as well in general. Then, so everyone's spirits were just lifted, and do you just think that that sort of rubs off on you too for your own game? Um, yeah, definitely. Um. I just um my main my main uh focus going into every game was just giving a hundred percent every time and and um even maybe when I wasn't playing so good on the ball I made sure that off the ball i was I was giving it my all and I was working hard and um like you said um I just sort of i think it grew in confidence a bit more whenever whenever Rodney took over um yeah. He he showed again showed a lot of trust in me and and um he sort of brought brought out um brought out the the player that it could be in me so he uh, he, he filled me full of confidence and and I think that really helped me. You mentioned there about being allowed to get forward and it's something that I've always talked about um since last season about how it seemed like when Junior came into the team and and sort of got up the pace or got up the speed as well he. His game sort of allowed the likes of yourself and Bobby and even Niall and, and Conor Mack to get forward a bit more because it's hold-up play. Uh, and there's some games there that you could have scored a hat-trick. I remember it was a game at the Oval. I can't remember if it was Glenavon at home. You could have had a hat-trick in about 15 minutes. Uh, you were getting into them positions a lot more. Yeah, like I said, June, June's was massive as well for me. He, uh, sort of, he He's a big, strong, strong lad and, and he's really, really good at hold-up play and bringing other players into the game. So, I just knew every time the ball went forward to Junes that uh, he needed support and he needed someone to be there. Like he can't do it on his own. So you know, whether that was just 
him sending someone else and me going in behind or me me coming off him. And um, yeah, like you said, I, I got into I got into loads of good areas, and um, you know, I was I was still I was still a bit um still a bit rash and uh, but uh, snatching of things, and and obviously I, I missed I missed a good good few chances, like you said, could have scored could have scored three in that game against Glenavon, and there was other games where I missed, and um, it's just all about learning from that and and taking it on and taking up the next level that's a great sign because half the battle is getting into the positions you know it's it's if you if you know you can get there the finishing comes in time you know especially when you're only 18 um yeah you're dead right um that's sort of what my dad would have said to me whenever i did miss those chances and he, he just would have said like I, i'd have been i'd have been fuming with myself missing them and uh, and what i played on my mind a bit and he goes yeah look like you probably should have scored it, but at least you're getting into them positions. He just says, just keep getting into them positions and, and it'll come. And uh, it, it did eventually, and it paid off. The two playoff games, um, we obviously got into the playoff and were, again, in absolutely amazing form, uh, and they were both very convincing wins. The final in particular, it really did feel like a, a proper cup final, a big crowd, an absolutely um, inch-perfect performance from the Glens, uh, and a great day all around. Um. Yeah, it was uh the sort of the the end of the season was um really 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 enjoyable. We were obviously we were just we were playing with loads of confidence. We we sort of got got our uh we got a bit of our swagger back and and we got a we knew we were a good team and we knew the football we could play and we just sort of we just sort of went on a wee run. Yeah, we still lost a couple of games, but we didn't let it affect us. We, um, we sort of had that confidence to just to say that, right? It's it's only a game. Just got to go and and put it right next game, and and we did that. And there it got to a stage where we we were chasing Linfield for second for automatic from our play our European. So we always had that in our mind, and and that was that was keeping us going, and that was keeping our standards high, and. Obviously, I think it came down to the it came down to the last game before the split. We we played Crusaders, I think, and and we needed to we needed to win, and Linfield needed to lose. And um, obviously, we had we had done all we could, and and then Linfield had won, so we, it put us into the playoffs. And to be uh, to be going into the playoffs under. Uh, after form like that, there, you know, beating beating teams like Crusaders and Korean and Cliftonville in the split, it it really did help us. Uh, the close season, um, it became pretty evident that you wouldn't be playing, um, for Glenthorne. It was it was just a lot of a lot of links, and uh, it was clear that the way you finished the season, you were going to get that move. But before that happened, um, Rodney McAree would would leave the Glens. And uh, when you actually signed for, you, you said there about the season, you know, that season at Glenthorne being mental. When you signed for the Glens, uh, or for uh, Pompey, um, a Portsmouth podcast contacted me to come on, uh, PO4 pod it's called, uh, to just talk about you. And they asked me about the Glenthorne season and I, I talked them through it and they were left completely gobsmacked um, because this was only a, a month before. Um, obviously Rodney then said he was leaving to go back to Thungannon. It's just uh, it was very, very, very strange at the time. But how how did you how did you react to that? Um, yeah, um, 
I didn't really know how to react to be I was quite shocked. Um Yeah he sorta of, he sorta of gave me a he, he sorta of gave me a heads up before it was actually announced. Because um we were we were so close and um he just said look just he just explained to me everything that had happened and that um um he, that he was go it was just he was um going back to take over the the youth from his dad, the youth setup. Um and and that just that he, he wished me all the best and um he hoped it worked out for me and um yeah so I, I was a bit shocked that I, I didn't really know uh what to say to be honest but um yeah it uh just it's best for him and um I just wished him all the best. I think that's the thing about Roddy Mercury. Everyone at the Glens wished him all the best. He's just such such a likable person and every single player that I've spoken to. Um, since he departed, had nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, um, like I said, there me and me and Rodney get on really well. We uh, we uh, we still keep in touch. I I still keep in touch with him. You know, I give him I give him a phone call most probably once a week most most times, and uh, just just have a chat with him. Just you know, keep keeping uh, seeing how Dungannon's going and, and talking about the rest of the league and and stuff like that there, and, and letting them know how I'm getting on and. Um, yeah, he, he was he was uh, it was a massive massive character for me in in my career. Um, obviously, the the short time I was under and working under him as as a coach and then as a manager. Um, so yeah, he 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 brought me on loads. He brought my game on loads, and um, I was just uh really happy about that. You were being linked to a lot of clubs in the summer, um, and a lot of big clubs with Premier League experience. But the the club that you chose was was Portsmouth. Why why did you choose there in the end? Um, you know, obviously Portsmouth's a, a massive club, and uh, just uh, with the the way they the way they went about it, uh, the way they came looking at me, the just everything they'd done, it, it it all happened so quickly that they showed. They just done it so rapidly that it just showed me that that they wanted me so much and that they really really did want me and they outla- outlined their plan for me and and they just they just told me everything that that I could I could be for them and and what they seen from me and and it just um, it it was too hard to turn down. I remember Pompey winning the FA Cup and <laughs> the mad thing is you're probably too young to remember that and doesn't even seen that long ago. Uh, but you're about five. But there, um, there were other massive club in my eyes. That Fratton Park is a, a really, really good stadium, and their fans are extremely passionate. So, it must be a bit of a fairy tale, sort of getting the move, uh, getting the move to a club with that sort of pedigree. Yeah, um, I think I actually um, didn't didn't realize how how big of a club it actually was when I was signing. I knew they were, I knew they were a big club, but I didn't realize how. Uh, how passionate the the fan base is, and on how much how much the club means to everyone from Portsmouth, and uh, you know my first uh, my first sort of experience of a Fratton Park match day was it sort of sort of blew me away a wee bit, you know. Obviously, it was um, going from Glentorn, who are I I thought the atmosphere at the Glens was was mental as well. Some some games and. 
it, it really it really shocked me as well. Some some of the the atmospheres at the Glens games, how 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 crazy it was and how loud they were, and then just just to go to Fratton Park and, and see, like to go to that next level, it, it was just it was uh, it was mad. I was just just couldn't believe it on, on my first match day, and I was just trying to trying to soak everything up. You were quoted in the media um, saying that your agent gave you some advice to cut your teeth in Northern Ireland um, a bit more and bide your time to wait for that move rather than rushing into something. Um, and that is a hill that I will die on. I've always said that I think that the players who do the best over in England are those who cut their teeth in the RC, get maybe 100 games or just under 100 games under their belt, really experienced men's football rather than going over and playing in a youth academy in England. Is that is that advice that you would give to any young player now? Um. Yeah, look, everyone, everyone's career is different, and and everyone's got the uh, different pathways. And um, you know, like my my mom, my mom and my dad sort of always said to me, like, just just get your education, and and you need to get your education just in case, and you just 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 in case you have so you you need something to fall back on. And they said like, no bother, put put everything into football, put everything and do everything you want to be that. To be a footballer, and uh, but they said just, just get your education so you have something to fall back on, and I did that. And my agent, my agent wanted me to do that as well, and he he was the one that uh, helped me get that move to the Glens. He he wanted me to go there first so that I could, uh, you know, he could have took me could have took me over from Dungannon and uh, go from part time to like um, full time in England. And um, but no, he he wanted me to. To, to experience that um, full time environment over here before I went over, and um, I'm really, 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 really glad I did because um, it it just it it did it really prepared me for for what it's like over here, and you know it still took me a bit of time to adjust to it, but it didn't take me as long as as what it it maybe would have if if I didn't do it. So you know I'm really glad I I did come and and. Experience that that full year at Glentoran, which 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 is really 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 good um, year in my career. People compare the full time setups in Northern Ireland and England um quite a lot and compare the differences and obviously also supporters. It's not it's something that we will never really understand because we're never we're not planning it. And um, what is the difference for you? Obviously, the facilities are a lot better in England and the pitches are better and the games quicker. But overall. Day to day, what is the difference between full time at the Glens and full time at, at Pompey? Um, day to day, nothing much really. You're still you're still sort of doing that. Um, you just still sort of you're doing that. You're doing your training in the morning and then, um, coming back. Well, different. The difference is, um, I think. Um, we we still whenever I was at the Glens, we we trained uh two two late nights a week, because um we still had some part time players, and um obviously that's a that's a difference over here. Like we 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 train every morning here, and uh, so that it it leaves you the rest of your day day to yourself and and to recover and and just get out and do stuff. But there there's not much difference. In the day to day basis, just like training wise and uh, intensity wise, and just facilities and and um the amount of people that that follow, you know, England's a massive place, so Portsmouth's a really big big city, and the amount of people that follow the club and and 
just being out and about, you like you get recognized, you get recognized for being a, a Portsmouth player and they're all buzzing to see you and they're all they're all wishing you the best and and it's just uh it's just amazing. What's the travel like? Um there's obviously if Pompey is very far down south. Have you had to do any away days yet or that are up the other end of the country? Yeah, the the travelling's tough to be fair. It is it is quite tough. We're uh we are quite far away from a lot of places, you know. Um, don't get me wrong, we do we do travel like we travel on a on a big coach and, and it it's it's comfy and uh you know it helps. But um there is it does it does be long and, and you know, we, we have to go really far and, and for me that that was a big big thing to adapt to, you know. Probably my last my or last year my uh Furthest away day was probably I obviously I lived where I lived I was quite centrally so I wasn't um I was no more than two hours away from some places you know so the furthest I'd have to do was two hours and and over here um probably two hours is the the shortest so adapting to that was um has been has been something you know just um traveling and then getting your legs ready for the next day and, and eating right and uh, drinking enough water and, and stuff like that it's just uh it's all part of the learning curve peter crouch talks about being a part of portsmouth and, and about how good it was to sort of live in around the, the live in and around it and so it's a nice area to sort of live do you think that's helped you settle in um uh, yeah big time you know there there's you could you could live worse places than uh portsmouth like um Obviously, it's a really nice, nice place on the south coast. And whenever I come over in the, whenever I come over in the summer for for preseason, it was it was absolutely roasting. And you know, I had to had to wear my sun cream every day. It was you know, I didn't want to get burnt. And uh, you know, so the the weather's good, and uh, it's a it's a nice place. There's loads of there's two big shopping centers and and loads of places to eat for food and and. That's just uh, that obviously helps a lot, and then you're able to you're able to go out with your teammates and go for food and and go for uh, do do things, and and uh, you know it passes the time. Let's talk about your your full Pompey debut. So the the first start for Pompey in League One, and uh, so the game's against Reading, and it's poised at two each after Pompey were two 0 down. And then in injury time, you pop up and get a winner, and it looked like absolute chaos. It looked brilliant. What what was that like? Um, yeah, I was. I got the. So sort of got I got told on the Thursday, or the the Wednesday. Sorry, I got told on the Wednesday that that I was starting. Um, oh no, sorry, the, the Thursday. Yeah, we played we played Tuesday against Cambridge, so. I I wasn't involved at all. I wasn't in the squad, you know. So um, I wasn't involved in that squad, and you know, I kind of I kind of dropped my head and and sort of been like, oh, you know, why why am I not in the squad or how am I not in the squad? But um, I just knew that um, it's it's such a long season and and that it's my first season and that things like that would happen. Like I I would come in and out of of squads and and in and out of teams and. On the Thursday in training, he, he just sort of named the team, and there was a there was another there was another boy. He calls he calls the both of us T, just by our initials by um, 
me and Tino. And he, he said uh, T and then Tino. So I, I sort of I sort of was singing to myself, um, like, is that, is that me? So I, I, I didn't actually think it was me because I, I, I thought I could call him him. And then he sort of forgot himself. And there, there was two of us. And then we called him by his first name. So I, I just asked, I was like, is that me? And he was like, "Yeah, I done it on purpose just to see what you, what you'd uh, what you'd say." And uh, you know, just from from that moment, I was I was buzzing and it was like, I was just a bit shocked and I just couldn't couldn't wait to to get into training and and get every get all the preparation started. And then, obviously, I got there and on the Saturday it was just, you know. Arriving at the stadium, at the Reading Stadium's massive, massive new stadium, and um, just um, walking out in there and just taking a ring in, and obviously I was a wee bit, I was nervous, obviously, because first league start, and you know I'm young, and it was uh, we were doing so well, and I didn't want to disrupt the momentum of the team, and uh, you know it. <laughs> That they talk about mental. Uh, that game was the game was a bit mad because of of things that are going on at Reading. So the game was stopped a couple of times with the the tennis balls coming onto the pitch, and um, I just sort of I don't know what was going on, and I was just looking around, and it was stopped. And I for the first fifteen minutes, it was quite you know stop start because they just kept kept doing it and doing it and doing it, and I was thinking, nah, I hope this doesn't get abandoned. You know, my first my first game and and then it all went sort of wrong and we went one nil down and then two nil down and I was just thinking after the two nil I was just like, Oh like of course this would happen happen whenever I come in and, and stuff like that there and but um as we just sort of looked at I just sort of looked at the rest of my teammates and, and we just sort of we just sort of said these are we just like come on like that like we're not gonna lose this game like we didn't feel at all as if we were gonna lose that game because we just knew how we just knew that um we were capable capable of, of coming back from from that the uh, two 0 deficit and you know we sure we grabbed the first goal back and uh, um I just kept kept trying to get close to the striker like like you said with with Junes and and that's what that's what they want me to do over here as well you know get close to the striker and and I kept doing it and then we got the first goal back and then. The second goal, I got close to the striker and I, and I went to hit a shot and I sort of miskicked it and I fell out, out wide to Paddy Lane and he's crossed it in for Colby and he's he's tapped it in just before half time. So we went in a two nil a two all, sorry, and uh you know, going in a two all just filled, filled me with probably more confidence, you know, um than it would do going in a two nil down. So I just came out in the second half and, and I knew, you know, because it was my first First start, I probably wasn't gonna play the whole game, so I just I just came out and uh, before I was coming out, the the coaches were like, "You're you're gonna score here. You 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 are gonna get get a goal." And uh, again, just just kept any time the ball went wide, I kept getting into the box, kept making runs, and then eventually it 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 come and it went wide and and I made a burst into the into the box and then went over my head, and it landed to Colby and I knew just. He's a striker, so you know, you know what strikers are like. They um, sometimes they like to like to go go themselves, and uh, I was just thinking in my head, like, right, just just get in a position where where you can help him out if if he wants if he wants to 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 play it to you. 
and I've checked back and, and he's headed it down to me and I've headed on the volley and it's went in and I just uh I, I just I just didn't know what to do. Um <laughs> sorta I just I just went mad. I seen I seen Paddy Lane just put his arms out and I and I ran and, and jumped into his arms and and then just went in front of the away end and just started going mental, you know. I just started screaming and you know all the rest of the lads came over and uh yeah, they were they were all buzzing for me and um you know, I think that just uh, obviously scoring the winner, and and you know, it just filled me full of confidence. Just let me, it just let me know to myself that like I I can I can play here and, and I can and I can compete at this level. Unbelievable! Talk about fairy tales. What a what a start that is to your Portsmouth career and your first start. And now the team, as I've said at the start of the podcast, absolutely flying, top of the table, seven points clear. By the time this goes out, um. So the quarterfinal of the of the football league trophy is about to about to happen, but it'll be well done by now by the time this is out. But it's uh, you must be absolutely loving it. You must be just loving the the fact that you're in this new team and they're flying. And you could be you could be playing at an even higher level next season. Yeah, um, like you said, I'm just I'm enjoying every second of it. Like um, I am, I'm living my dream. So it's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to be a professional footballer, and you know. Just we are we're going so well, and even though I'm not playing, um, I'm still really, really enjoying it because, um, just getting the to to witness that every day, getting to go into training, and and the vibes around the training are good, and and the lads are having good crack, and and we're winning, and and we have we have uh, we have that good balance between having having good crack and uh, not falling down and, and being serious when we need to be, and um, it's just. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, the the team at the minute are doing are doing so well, and and it's so hard to get into the squad. But obviously, like you said, the game tomorrow tomorrow night, the they're the games that sort of are perfect for me. You know, the um, me and the other lads to to get some minutes under our belt and and, and sort of show what we can do, and and just go out and enjoy it. And you've caught the eye of the national team manager. You, you were in the Finland squad. You're bound to be on the verge of making your national team debut. Um, all very exciting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, um, I was sitting at home. We were, uh, I was buzzing. We were, uh, so we had, we had got an international break with, with Portsmouth because we had uh, so, some call-ups. So I had... Um, the Northern Ireland under twenty ones only had one game against England that that uh, that campaign or that that month, sorry. So uh, I got I got to go home. I was getting home for four days just to go home and see my family. And then um, on the on the Monday night, I just I just got a phone call and and uh, it was uh, one of the coaches and and they they rang me up and just said, look, can can you uh, come down to the Culloden for, um. A certain time in the morning to to come and train with the seniors, and I was just like, shit, no worries at all. Like, yeah, no. I sort of told my mum and dad, and it had uh, it had cut short my time at home, but it was all for a good cause, and you know, it was gonna be a massive experience. Originally, it was uh, just to go in and train maybe for one or two days, and then we were meeting up with the twenty ones on Thursday, so it was uh originally just train for a few days and then fly to England and meet up with them. But um I think the injuries and a few few 
boys carrying knocks. Um, the the gaffer just turned around us and me and me and Michael Forbes we were together. He just said to us, "Look, listen, you will travel with us to Finland for the game, and uh, we'll we'll take it from there." He's like, "He's he's might stay or he might go back with the twenty ones and play against England, but uh, he'll travel with us." And uh, you know, I was just buzzing at that. You know, getting the getting the experience. Um, first team, first team, like flying away and, and staying in a hotel with the the first team the you know sort of the ins and outs of what what they get up to and how professional that is and and then the match day obviously against against Finland who who were were a good side they they played well you know probably probably a poor enough result for for us but you know Finland um they they were a good side and then they took their chances and won the game and uh you know it was just still so such a good experience for me you talk about your family there uh, and going over and seeing, um, seeing them for them few days. How how hard has it been for you as a young lad moving away, um, to to England, um, and sort of leaving your family behind? Um, yeah, it has been tough. Obviously, you know, um, my my girlfriend's back home as well, so just being being away from from her on on my family, they uh, it can be tough at times, but um. You know they they they've actually they've helped me out a lot as well. They you know they've been over loads of times already, and they all they all sort of make sure they come at different times so that they're not you know all all on top of each other, and you know it's it's more spread out so that I'm uh, I'm just getting to see everyone, um, and they're all getting over for games and different games and that. And uh, yeah, it's tough, but um, it's 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 quite enjoyable. You know, getting the getting to move on and, and sort of looking after yourself instead of um, your mum running after you and, and your dad running after you. What about Christmas this year? It's uh, What's that going to look like for you? You're obviously not going to be at home and, and the fixture list is just absolutely mad, especially in England. Um, so what is your what is your Christmas sort of day going to look like this year? Um, yeah, like you said, the the, the fixture list is uh, it's quite, quite, uh, it's quite busy. So, um, you know, we obviously it's we have that game tomorrow night, and uh, we play we play the nineteenth, and then we play the twenty third, the twenty sixth, the twenty ninth, and the first. So, and then obviously we're away we're away on Boxing Day, so we'll travel on Christmas Day. So, you know, my my family are are gonna come over the um, the twenty second to the twenty fourth, so I'll get to see them before Christmas, and you know it's. Um, it's nearly worked out near worked out um i'm sort of i sort of don't mind being away on boxing day because you know i'll i'll be with the lads on on christmas day instead of instead of being on my own so um yeah look it'll, it'll be tough but you know that's that's the things that have to be done when when you're over here and that's all part of part of football career and you know it's it's all worth it whenever Whenever you're getting to play in in big games like that, and and for a big team like Portsmouth, when you're, do you think with the number of games that are being played, you'll have to use the squad? You might uh, see that as an opportunity of getting getting some game time. Yeah, big time. That's why. Uh, um, that's why a squad having a big squad is is really important. You know, like sh- there's a lot of games within such short time, so like, um. I'd say not everyone will play every minute of every game, so there will be opportunities. There will be there will be changes. There'll be there'll be subs made, and 
um you just gotta be gotta be ready for when when you're called upon and um hopefully hopefully um it just you can go in and, and you can uh, keep keep that sort of same standard as as the other lads have been keeping Terry, it brings it to the end of the podcast. Um, you are, were absolutely outstanding for Glenthorne um, last season. Um, absolutely brilliant. One of the best young players I've seen play for the club. And I said it at the time, I had absolutely no doubt that you will go the full hog um, in England. And uh, you're doing a great job of it so far. I know the Pompey fans have really taken to you. Um, and just want to wish you all the very best for your future career. And thanks for coming on the Share the Oval podcast. No worries. Thank you very much. There you go. It is the last episode of 2023 uh, with the brilliant Terry Devlin and I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I enjoyed recording it. Uh, as I said, brilliant guest. Great to hear him get on really well over in Portsmouth. It's early days for him over there. But I have absolutely no doubt that he will go on to have a fantastic career. Um, one of the best, if not the best, young players that I've seen play for Glenthorne. I'm sort of a bit young to really have a, a valid opinion on the likes of Stuart Elliott and Andy Kirk who obviously had really good uh, careers across the water and played for the Glens so great to see Terry doing well I wish him all the best for the future and thanks very much for coming on Um, just then to say from me Happy New Year to all my listeners thank you so much for another great year as I said in the last episode I posted on my Spotify rap stats and that was um, great fun to see listenership's up subscribers are up everything's up um, everything's great 2023 was obviously a big year. It was the year that I hosted the first uh, live Shout at the Oval podcast and it went down a treat. It was honestly one of the best things I've ever done. I absolutely loved every minute of it and I can't wait to do the next one. I do hope that we will be doing another live podcast, um, something a bit different from a different era um, in a few months' time. So keep your eyes peeled for that, something to look forward to. It's very much in the planning stage but the, the talks are sort of ongoing about getting everything together and that will be once again held in the Castlereagh Club and no doubt will sell out pretty quick. Uh, so for me really all I've got to say is um, thank you and I hope to have um, another episode of just looking at the fixtures. We've got uh, Corey in coming up. Um, I'm going to try my best to get one out for that and then there might be a bit of a break from me. So basically I've, as I explained earlier in the season Uh, My wife and I are expecting our first baby and I have promised that I will go my full paternity um, without recording any podcasts or doing anything um, related to the podcast and football and things like that. So there might be a bit of a month absence from me. That can sort of happen any time now, to be honest. So uh, if I will, I of course announce that there will be a new arrival and that I'll be taking a bit of a break. So if you don't hear from me, that is why apologies for the inconsistency of the podcast this season it's just the way it's gone from one thing to another but thanks for sticking with me happy new year to you all and uh, come on the glens <laughs>